You're listening to Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols. Support for this project is provided by listeners like you. Visit my website at p3photographers.net for ideas on how you too can become a supporter of the project. Welcome to Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols, the podcast where we celebrate early women artisan photographers. I'm your host, Lee McIntyre. In today's episode, I'm excited to bring you part one of my conversation with Sarah Weatherwax, curator of prints and photographs at the Library Company of Philadelphia, as we talk about the wonderful early 20th century photographer Gertrude Sayan of Philadelphia. For more information about any of the women discussed in today's episode, visit my website at p3photographers.net. That's letter P, number three, photographers.net. Hi, everybody. On today's episode, I want to bring you something special. We're going to be talking about an early woman photographer from the early 20th century named Gertrude Sayan. But what makes this particularly special is that her collection, or at least contents of her studio, are actually held at a place called the Library Company in Philadelphia. And I recently had the pleasure of talking with the curator there, Sarah Weatherwax, to learn more about Gertrude Sayan. And so today and in the next episode, I'm going to bring you my conversation with Sarah as we discuss the photography and the extraordinary story about the life of Gertrude Sayan. But first, I'm going to let Sarah introduce herself. Hi, uh, my name is Sarah Weatherwax. I'm the curator of prints and photographs at the Library Company of Philadelphia, and I've been there since 1993. Now, is your specialty um, photographs, or do you do all kinds of research on all kinds of people, not just photographers? Um, definitely. The collection that I'm responsible for is it's about 100,000 items, and it's both prints, engravings, lithographs, you know, that mm-hmm. type of print, right. and photography, okay. and also some um, drawings and watercolors. So I have to sort of spread myself at my time and interest to all different parts of the collection, but I, I do have a soft spot for photographs. Great. I guess let's just go ahead and uh, sort of dive into this, because the woman we're here to talk about today, the woman whose collection is held at the library company, um, and that is Gertrude Sayan. Now, is that how you pronounce her name? Because her name's spelled with an umlaut over the Y, so I've never been certain how to actually say it. Well, that's how I've always said it, but okay. I've never heard anyone say it out loud True. in the right now, so I'm right. really sure. We'll just call her Gertrude Sayan then. So I guess let's just start uh, maybe uh, with a little bit of background on Gertrude's or where she came from. She's from Philadelphia, correct? Yeah, she was born in Philadelphia in 1873 mm-hmm. and um, seems to have grown up in the city. Mm-hmm. Her, her father worked as a, a clerk in a bookstore. And oh, okay. She had several siblings. I think she was one of at least five kids. She graduated from high school, but we don't know, or she doesn't seem to have gone to college. And her her family, even though you know a father who was a bookstore clerk doesn't particularly sound prominent, they seem to have been sort of moved in social circles. Where I have found some references to Gertrude um, as a young woman prior to her marriage, appearing in the society columns of the Philadelphia newspaper mm-hmm. where it was reported, you know, she went to a tennis match or she attended a tea with so-and-so. Okay. So I think they were, you know, relatively prominent. Right. Now, she gets married uh, in the late 1890s, as I recall? Yeah, um, 1896. Okay. And she 
years older than her. Mm -hmm. um, he was named Edward Sagan. And I guess I should say Gertrude's maiden name was Kimball. Okay. Um, she married Edward Sagan, who was from Philadelphia as well. He was uh, the son of an insurance broker. And again, you know, I think he was sort of in the same circle that, that mm -hmm. she was. Okay. And so they get married and then... She's not doing photography as far as we can tell at that point, correct? No. No, she does not seem to be at all. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that, well, I'm sure we'll talk about her son, her one son later, but then they do lose a child around 1900. To say, I don't know that. Okay, I think I ran across that. It was like, because he was Edward, so, sorry, her husband was Edward Sands Jr., and then correct. the son was that died is Edward Sands Third. I think that's what it caught my eye for. But, oh, okay. Uh, but um, send me that. Send me that. I will send you that clip. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, okay. So, but then they do have another son. Right. They have one son who grows up to adulthood, mm -hmm. um, whose name is Harrison. Okay. So then, okay. So we don't know exactly when Gertrude gets interested in or starts doing photography, though, right? That's right. I mean, as best as I mean, certainly in the census, mm -hmm. you know, she's listed. No occupation, mm -hmm. you know, in uh, 1900, 1910. Mm -hmm. And as best as we've been able to figure out, she seems to have opened her photography business around 1913. Okay. In the collection at the library company, you've got some of her ledger books and things from the studio. Is that correct? That's correct. And the first ledger book, um, which sadly doesn't have any content in it, mm -hmm. does on the outside... It's dated October 17th, 1913 mm -hmm. through August, uh, August 31st, 1914. And then the next ledger book picks up on September 1st, 1914, and that has the contents. And it is like a, a studio, mm -hmm. um, a listing of people coming into the studio, what they ordered, how much it cost. Okay. So it does seem to be just a continuation of her studio business. Great. I mean, that's a great... A resource now. Do you have a lot of the ledger books, or? Yeah, it doesn't seem to be complete. Mm -hmm. But I was looking through the collection um, just the other day, and I found records going up into the 1930s. Mm -hmm. The business records seem to be, as I mentioned, you know, ledger books that have the the names of the sitters, mm -hmm. where they were from. And then she kept a separate book of her like expenses. Mm. Um, wow. And that includes both expenses related to photography and just more like household expenses. So okay. you know, she'll be listing things like how much she spent for chemicals and for paper and for wow. glass or plates. And then you know she'll also have listed how much money it costs to get the automobile gas or you know, okay. the utility bill for the phone and things like that. Wow. So what we would think of as sort of modern business expenses then. So it's a great thing to have for a photographer from that period to have that kind of ledger book. I know, I, I guess uh, you and I have talked about how the Snodgrasses in Caldwell, Idaho, and I've talked to her on the podcast about um, how those ledger books from 20 years of that studio um, surfaced suddenly, which is a great reference as well to get a, just a sense of how these women were running these businesses. Right. Gertrude was seemingly very successful for a number of years. Let's talk a little bit about her photography the kinds of photography she was doing and the kinds of studios she was running? Well, certainly, you know, she seems to specialize in taking children. Okay. Portrait, portrait photography mm -hmm. and largely children. Some 
women, but I found almost no images of just single men. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I've looked at, I mean, the library company's holdings of Gertrude Sayin's mm -hmm. um, work run into, we probably have about 6,000 um, glass plate negatives. Okay. And maybe about a thousand proof prints, and I'm not going to say that I've looked at all of them. Sure, I haven't. Uh huh. Well, that's <laughs> a lot. Sort of doing random sampling. Yeah, it's definitely skewed towards children, and okay. with occasional women and even fewer men. So now, sort of skipping around here, but you sent me the write-up that was done many years later by somebody who went into her studio, and again, mm -hmm. we can get into the reasons why the studio had been preserved, but. But we're walking around, and they quote from letters. Do you have the letters from people who were either complaining about kids' pictures? or? <laughs> um, those are some the things that I have found tucked in with the proof prints. Okay. Apparently people would mail the, the proofs that, you know, they were supposed to return all the proofs. Right, right. And, you know, so we have the envelopes addressed to Gertrude saying, and the, the proofs inside, and occasionally there is just a little note Included saying, you know, could you please remove the wispy hair that's sticking out of uh -huh. Frank's back of his head? Uh huh. Thing. So that that's where that information came from. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, it's great because you see that she was doing a lot of basically touching up of these portraits, mm -hmm. uh, right? Because there's the removing the wisp of the hair or removing some wrinkles for the one woman, I remember making her look younger for her or thinner for her <laughs> wedding. There was one. That, funny was that there was a young woman and dog and someone had indicated that they wanted a image that says please provide wallet size of just dog oh had <laughs> strong crop marks around just the little terrier space oh that's funny so yeah so i mean it's just you know really incredible to realize that essentially being a photographer this was in like the 19 teens 1920s the same kinds of things that a photographer today might get a request for um, to do the touch-ups. Make, make me look better. Make me look better. Make me look beautiful. Or make my kid look beautiful or cute. Well, there was some letter about the background, like the wallpaper in the studio. The woman wanted it changed. Her little darling came for his picture or something. And then I remember I, reading that, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was great because... I can't remember the details. I, I believe the idea was that the woman came in and said, well, I don't like the wallpaper. I don't want that behind, you know, little Johnny. Um, so you got to change that before he comes for his photograph. My husband said that you can do that. And so Gertrude said, basically said, uh, no, here's your money back <laughs> for your deposit. <laughs> Just get out of here. I'm sure she said it much nicer than that. Though. More diplomatic. More really diplomatic the way. Now, she seemed to be really catering, obviously, to these mothers um, and the the, the women and the taking the pictures of the children. And it wasn't just taking like a one-off picture of the child. I mean, the, the way that um, you and I actually met was then when my husband and I ran across this great book of pictures of a child in different poses put together as this book. So can you comment a little bit about that? Because I know that you've got some of them in the library company as well. Yeah, we do. And I think they're really wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, it seems... Like, she offered the opportunity, the option for customers to order personalized scrapbooks that mm. included the one that we have had six images mm -hmm. in it, and it has just, you know, a simple paper 
cover and, and back and, and string that holds it together. But you know, the, the scissors, the subject's name mm-hmm. is written out on the front. And you know, there's a little image that Gertrude has drawn, not of the person, but one that we have has a, a German shepherd for some reason on the cover. Another one has a candle. Another one has okay. an outline of a, a child. And then there are the ones that I've seen have six photos Mm-hmm. In them, Gertrude Sayan puts her um, her label on the back with mm-hmm. her name and her dress. Address. Right. And it seems like, at least in the 1920s, I had found she charged, let's see, I was able to track down um, one where a woman paid $32 for two scrapbooks, each with six images of her daughter, Betty, in them. Okay. And that was in 1920. Okay. And then a few weeks later, I guess the mother was so happy or her family members Mm. were so happy with the scrapbooks that she came back and she ordered another one of the scrapbook with six images, and that cost her $10. Okay. Oh, so you got a little discount if you're reordering. (laughs) Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Sarah and I talked a little bit more in detail about the kinds of photos and these photo books and how they're put together. When the conversation picks up, I'm describing the photo book that my husband Chris found on eBay that was by Gertrude Sayan. All the pictures in the book are of a little boy named Herbert. As we pick up my conversation with Sarah, I'm describing the drawing on the cover of the book, comparing it to the one that Sarah just described on the cover of one of the photo books that the library company has in his collection. I guess it's like a candle that you described that's on the cover above the, okay. the kid's name. What? What's the What's his name? Does it have a date? Does it say, it, you know, 1912 or... Well, yeah, so, so it says Herbert Dwight Holcomb Jr., 1925. And then there are six photos that are sort of matted and pasted onto these construction paper. But yeah. then there is also this insert, loose pieces of the same kind of construction paper, but sort of a fancier matte kind of effect almost embossed, but they're loose, like they could be put in frames of two of the pictures. So, because it's a repeat of two of the pictures. Mm -hmm. Of Herbert in his sailor suit. (laughs) He doesn't look very happy in his sailor suit. Any toys or anything? Yeah. So so he has a toy boat in his sailor suit. But then, and let's see, he's in a sailor suit, but then he's also... I mean, in one, he's like in a, like a little cap and jacket, and it's hard to say. Maybe it's wool or kind of. It almost looked like um, flannel, kind of like what we would make a sweat outfit in the day. <laughs> but it's got buttons. Mm-hmm. It's a button jacket. He's got gloves on, and he's carrying what looks like a purse. He's uh, he looks very serious in most of the pictures, except for one with the purse. He's smiling, but he does not look like a happy kid with the bo- the boat and the sailor suit. But um, but yeah, so Herbert and Betty, you said, was the little girl in the pictures. Now, what what did you say Betty was holding? She doesn't have anything in her hands in all the photos. I think one she has a doll. Okay. And maybe another one a stuffed animal of some sort. But I started to see the same toys. In a lot of the images. So I think, but on the other hand, you know, it's one of those, you know, obviously people were allowed to bring their own stuff because there mm-hmm. are people with their dogs. Right. But I think she also must have had sort of a, like a, a pile of, yeah. you know, 
props to keep kids happy or whatever because mm-hmm. I, you know, I kept seeing wooden beads that were just too much of a coincidence that so many little girls would have had the same thing over and over again. Right. I, Noah's Ark kept appearing. I, I did see some boys with the sailboat, possibly, that okay. had. I mean, I guess it could have been his own, but that definitely is something that appeared in, in yeah. multiple ones. Okay. Um, on top, like a spinning top, some blocks, things okay. like that. Okay. I was assuming that the outfit was probably his, but, you know, that they came with a change of clothing to have these different poses. That's what I was assuming mm-hmm. as well. But I have to say, it surprised me a little bit because Betty... I think for, I mean, we have three scrapbooks for Betty. Okay. 1920, 1925, and 1929. So it's really kind of cool to watch her grow up. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think, yeah. But I think the first one, the 1920s, I think she may have the same outfit on in all six shots. So I was a little surprised when I was going through the proofs mm-hmm. and just realizing it does look like people came with multiple outfits mm-hmm. to wear. Yeah. Which it sounds like that's what Herbert, you know, that he had his outdoor outfit and he had a sailor suit. Right, right. It'd be curious to know if there were any other ones that didn't get included, like how many more pictures you would have taken, you know, then to right. choose. Because have the, it sounds like the family would choose the six they wanted. That's what I'm assuming, right. yeah. As far as you can tell, she was a photographer until her death, is that right? So she dies in 1941. Correct. In the 1940 census, she's still listed as a photographer. Okay. And the the business records that we have at the library company and the the proof prints that have dates on them, because the glass negatives, you know, aren't dated, mm-hmm. but the, the things that have dates attached to them definitely run through at least the late 1930s. I'm not sure that I saw anything from 40 or 41, but mm-hmm. again, I haven't looked at absolutely everything. Right, right. So, yeah, it seems to me that she, you know, was operating as mm-hmm. a photographer pretty much until she died. Okay. I'm assuming that her clientele, I'm not assuming, I mean, her clientele was definitely the more well-to-do people mm-hmm. that probably weren't hit as hard in the Depression as, right. as many other people. So, you know, I don't know that her business necessarily had a downturn mm-hmm. during the mm-hmm. Depression. Okay. But certainly the names that I was seeing just sort of going through the ledgers, mm-hmm. you know, while they might not be national household names, for Philadelphians, the big ones that we recognize, mm-hmm. and looking at the addresses where people lived, mm-hmm. she, you know, with people along the main line, you know, okay. who lived in Bar and Villanova. And, okay. You know, pretty well to do. Right. But she also had a clientele outside of the Philadelphia area as well. Okay. Which is interesting. And I don't know how she made those connections other than maybe, you know, sort of socially. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I saw people from North Carolina were in her city, oh, Okay. You know, West Virginia, okay. Maryland, New York City. But it wasn't strictly local. Right. Now, were they coming down to her in Philadelphia, or, or do you know if she ever took her act on the road, as it were, and went to their houses? Or can't you tell? She, def- she did go to houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt that she was, you know, traveling to North Carolina um, right. to take photos, but she made some notations in her ledger where she charged, let me see, 1915, I saw she had an entry where she 
added a $2 visiting fee to the the cost of the photography. And then in 1918, three years later, she charged $3 for the visiting fee plus taxi fare. So she was taking her camera out of her studio. I know this is one photo that stuck out in my mind because it was somewhat unusual in that it was definitely, it was not a studio shot. It was a shot of uh, um, a whole family, a multi-generational family, and it looked like it was outdoors. Okay. Um, so she, you know, I don't know where she was, but it was not in her West Philadelphia Right. Studio. Now, there was something in that write-up that had the quoting the quotes from the letters that you sent me that commented that she didn't normally do groups of people, right. no more than two usually, but that there were occasionally these photos that she took you know, with families outside or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Yeah, it does seem to be the outside mm-hmm. the normal realm of what she okay. was taking. Okay. And then there was something also in that write-up that said that she wouldn't let the parents in the room when the kids had their picture taken. Is there anything that you found that indicated that? I was just wondering where that came from. I haven't found anything that specifically addressed that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I've seen a few images that are what I assume is a mother with a child. It was a mother and child image. Right. But again, that seems to be not the the normal. For the most part, it's the children either by themselves or with a sibling. Right. And I don't know where a mother or parent was right. um, if they were banished from the studio or they were just outside of the range of the yeah i don't know i mean it just it was curious to read that and wonder why the person got made that comment about her during my conversation with sarah we continue to talk about the extraordinary quality of the work that gertrude sagan produced as evidenced by these photos of the children so here's a little bit of our conversation talking about the quality of gertrude sagan's work and also the idea of being able to market your work via the extraordinary idea of creating this custom photo book, which is something that Gertrude Sand was apparently a master. And what strikes me are the pictures of little Herbert um, is it's really clear and it's you know somewhat artistic even in the way you know, she's imposed and then the vignetting on the sides and just you know his face in sharp focus, but the rest of his body not quite as detailed. Anyway, what are your thoughts on looking at the pictures that you've seen by Gertrude Sagan? Yeah, I would say you know that she did good work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, children are certainly not easy subjects right, right. to deal with. And also thinking about who her clientele was, that these are people who are wealthy, for the mm-hmm. most part. I mean, they could take their business elsewhere if they were not satisfied with the work that they received from Gertrude Say, and they simply wouldn't patronize her, her studio anymore. And she definitely had repeat customers right. um, over the, the years. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think her work is quite good. Mm-hmm. And this, um, this idea of these, I don't know what to call them, a photo book. I hadn't run across this before in anything that I'd um, looked at in any of the women that I've looked into. Had you run across any of this kind of photo book before? No, no. And I, I don't know how unique it is, you mm-hmm. know, if it really is, you know, Gertrude's idea. Right. Because he not only was, you know, artistically inclined in terms of photography, but, right. you know, also like to draw as well. Right. If it was his 
simply sort of a melding together of mm-hmm. different interests of her, or she really felt that it set up her photographs in a, in a better sort of way, right. rather than just simply handing someone photos in an in a envelope. Right. Uh, or they made a nice presentation of them. Yeah, or, you know, sort of, uh, you know, today you can get photos printed on anything, right? I mean, like a pillow or a... I mean, I mm-hmm. noticed in the, the drugstore, which will still print photos for you, um, that you can get it printed on a mug or a right. plastic cup. A t-shirt. A t-shirt, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe this was just, you know, a way of presenting stuff. I mean, I had seen in the late 1890s, I think somebody was advertising printing stuff on China, or on a button, or on jewelry, like turning it into a locket or something like that. So, so maybe this is a, a way to have the photo as like a thing that you can frame and have in your home, but or a book you can have on your coffee table. Yeah, we, we have some photos um, at the library company that are like that have been printed on textiles that I okay. think were probably intended to be like pillows. Just trying to figure out how to market your work, I guess, and how to present it. Right. I'm going to leave Gertrude Sand's story here with her photography and the photo books for today. As always, examples of her work will be able to be found in the episode notes for today's episode on my website at p3photographers.net. That's letter P, number three, photographers.net. Remember, you can also follow Photographs, Pistols, and Paracels on Facebook at facebook.com slash p3photographers. If you want to just drop me a line and ask me a question about early women photographers in general, or about Gertrude Say in particular, you can reach me at podcast at p3photographers.net. I really want to give a big thank you to Sarah Weatherwax for sharing with me some of her knowledge about the library company's collection about Gertrude Say and also the research that she's done on Gertrude Say the photographer, and as well as her family. Next time here on the podcast, I'm going to bring you part two of my conversation with Sarah. It's really kind of a fascinating, unexpected set of twists and turns, and you're not going to want to miss it. Plus, as it turns out, it's possible to trace whatever happened to little Herbert, the little boy with his sailboat, in that photo book that my husband and I acquired off of eBay. So I'll bring you some more of his story as well, all in the next episode. But that's it for today. Until next time, I'm Lee, and this is Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols.